Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too. Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. Hello, everyone. Aha, I said it first this time. Yes, you did. <laughs> Make you feel good, huh? I need every... You're all about feeling good, huh? Yes, I, I need every bit of self-esteem. Should I come and I pat get. your head and rub your hair, too? No, thank you. Oh, that's my dog, huh? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm still Cecilia, and my sometimes partner in crime over there. Yeah? Uh, that would be you. Me? Mm -hmm. Me who? Uh, Pastor Dave, I think. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, I was expecting you to say my name. That's why I wasn't going to say anything. You're doing all the talking today. I'm You're not. doing just fine. Yes, you are. He always accuses me of talking too much. I do. Because you do. <sighs> and mentioning that, how about you start today with reading? Again, you get a chance to talk. Oh, what a bribe. All right. <laughs> We're uh, starting in James chapter 2. We finally made it out of chapter 1. Oh. All right. Starting and uh, picking up with verse 1. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes to you, to your meeting, wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you go stand there or sit on the floor at my feet. My brothers, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are you not the ones being dragged into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. What a section. <laughs> Favoritism, so. partiality, showing Gold judgments. Rings. Yeah, uh, rich person, nice clothes, rings. You sit here, and poor person, you sit down here. Mm -hmm. What do you make of it? Well, it? Especially for you and I who are blind or other people who have a disability who don't get out among crowds. What do you make of it? Uh, I don't know. It is kind of rough, isn't it? Especially... For you and I who uh, have a disability, 
We're not with lots of people. We're the ones often stuck being discriminated against. What do you what make of this? What does this mean? Yeah. I'm rather warm today. Oh, my. Are you warm as well? Is he gay or just... Oh, like, this is so awesome. Oh, my goodness. Do you believe this? Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Seems a little shallow in personality. Ha! You think that's something? You should come over and see my computer. My computer's twice as fast as that. And when you come over and I show you that computer, let me show you my other neat gadget. Oh, man, it knocks the socks off of anything you have. What a bragger. I know that you like Lord of the Rings, and I, oh, I yeah. just finished watching the movie. It was really kind of good. It, you thought the movie was good? Yeah. Well, have you read the book yet? No. Then how can you think the movie was good? It's, it's awful. I mean, for instance, at the beginning, you have Galadriel. And Galadriel is just a snob all the way through, right from the start. And then um, Gandalf uh, in uh, Moria turns his back Jeez, on the Jeez, what a know-it-all. Hey, sounds good, Pastor Dave. Yeah, I'll let them know. All right, well, then we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Hey, guys, Pastor Dave's going to come over tomorrow. His wife's going to drop him off on her way to work. Wow, that must be neat, having a sighted wife who can drive and read mail and keep things organized. That's got to be really cool. Hmm. He must think he's so special having a sighted wife. And he claims to be so independent. Sure, great. Sounds cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, Carrie. Yeah? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do a fun day that day. I I've got to work. At no, the next day, too, I'm scheduled to go out to, uh... Yeah, I I'll... Right, I'll give you a call next week when I can. He never has time for his friends anymore. All he does now is work, work, work. No, I'm sorry, Daniel. We just don't have that kind of time this week. Well, you know, we both just got new jobs, and, well, it takes a lot out of you. Yes, I know you were looking forward to it, but how about if we try and set something up for next week? Okay, that'll be fine. Uh, I'll give you a call. All right. Bye. Oh, Kitty, you know, Daniel, he's he's always coming over and, well, he uh, uses our computer and eats our food and just likes to chill out for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't understand these people sometimes. I mean... They have the capability and the intelligence. They just, for some reason, they just don't want to work. I mean, talk about lazy. He's not even looking for a job. Yeah, I know.
James was writing to a people who were not only persecuted, had a flee from Jerusalem and such, but as they were gathering and clustering together as believers, I tend to think that most of them were very much the same, simple, humble, lowly people. But because they witnessed to Jesus, poof, all of a sudden somebody maybe of, of more higher, richer standing, maybe the, one of the servants was uh, uh, witnessing to their master, and the master believed. Mm. And so the master came then to the gathering because they wanted to know more about Jesus. Well, and of course, naturally, I mean, we all do it. When you, when a rich person comes to a gathering, a big celebrity or whatever, what do we all do? <gasps> we all gather around. And being servants, and this being a master, they often will just kind of go in tow and, and it created a lot of divisions among the church towards the problem of partiality, showing favoritism. <laughs> you know, it might also be that they were afraid that if they did not show this rich person due respect and due reverence, that they themselves would be getting into trouble. The church wasn't all that popular back then anyway. The opposite, sure. Sure. You know, another thought comes, comes to mind. This is not the first time James mentions the poor and the rich. Uh, he did that in chapter 1, and he, and he talks about how God uh, receives, accepts, embraces the poor, almost to the exclusion of the rich. What do, you, what do you make of that? Well, the belief of the day was that the rich were blessed by the gods, or by God. And uh, if you needed evidence, just look. The oh. rich had lots of stuff, lots of gold, money, servants, and all that. And the poor had nothing. And that would flash, what flashes in my mind is the story that Jesus uh, uh, said and flabbergasted the disciples when this rich man knelt and said, what must I do to inherit heaven? And and. And he thought he had done everything. And Jesus said, well, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. <gasps> Scandalous. And the disciples said, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with man it's impossible, but not with God. God does not judge, evaluate, or discriminate by outward standards like we do. He does judge the poor and the rich alike. And uh, his standards are very different from those we would use today. In fact, I think you could take it one step further, Cecilia. Oh? God rewards um, us differently than the world thinks. As you mentioned, they thought it was riches was God's reward. 
His riches is peace in our heart now and eternal life in eternity. With all due respect to God, Mm -hmm. that doesn't help me, though, when I'm struggling just to pay my bills. Okay, but it also doesn't help the super rich person who has all the money he needs, and though he can pay for the best doctors, his daughter still dies of cancer. And see, that's the thing. It doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor. It's a matter of to whom do we turn and trust, and whom do we look to for our help? And see, that's kind of where it is. God doesn't discriminate against rich or poor. If you don't have faith, you're out. If you have faith, he provides peace in the midst of turmoil. I can't say that Tomorrow. word. Uh, turmoil. That turmoil. And trouble. And he gives the promise of everlasting life, whether you are poor or rich. In other words, even if I can't pay those bills, he gives me the strength, both physically and mentally, and spiritually, to deal with it. And the extra added assurance that you are not alone. Okay, I understand that we're not supposed to show favoritism and that uh, although we can't look at what a person looks like and we don't see gold and silver and whatever, still we do have our ways of being judgmental. Being sinful. We all have those things because we're always trying to put ourselves better than somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that maybe that person who is uh, not so, who doesn't uh, smell so great or that, or something like that might be just fine. But what about the times when I get that feeling like I am not in a safe situation or with someone who is safe? Hmm. How do I go, how do I tell the difference between discrimination and just plain good old caution? Yeah, excellent question. And that really comes down to this understanding of showing partiality. James here is saying, don't favor somebody in order to get a favor. That's really the world's way. I'm going to treat you nice, so you'll treat me nice back. Um, We should be treating everybody equally the same. That's why it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you're going to love yourself, that means should be taking care of yourself, right? Right. Okay. And there are times we get that that sense, this is not good or right. If you follow that judgment to keep yourself safe, you're loving yourself. And that doesn't mean that you're judging this person as a bad person unless you pulled out your twenty two and shot them dead because you thought they were doing something and they hadn't even done it. That would be showing partiality, I suppose. Yes. But if, if you take action accordingly to keep yourself safe with a smile and, and cordiality and that you would show anybody else, you're not breaking what James is here saying.
As many of you know, Martin Luther was quite a theologian. He didn't like this book of James at all. No, he didn't. He, he actually called it an epistle of straw, meaning it'll burn up and have no value. It doesn't mention Jesus Christ and salvation. And he goes on and on. The other reason he didn't like this is because right here, it is talking about do's and don'ts. Uh, James points out that we are partial at times. Yeah. And especially verse 9, where it says, if you break any law, you've broken them all. So if, you, uh, have, uh, if you've committed adultery, you've also killed somebody. And so what do we do now? Well, don't forget verse 1. Verse 1? Yes, where it says, you who believe in Jesus Christ. Um, we've been called to trust in him for our salvation. And then, of course, there's verse 8. Oh, I see. So we're not looking to ourselves and what we do, even though we sin. We're looking to Jesus. Okay, okay, gotcha, okay. Uh, You're stealing my thunder now. No, I'm not. Mm. You were starting to say verse 8? Yes, well, verse 8 talks about the royal law. The royal law. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that phrase. I I like royalty, as you all know. And the royal law is the kingly law, the law of Jesus Christ, our king. Aren't we just back to something we can't do now? No. Okay. That law is mercy. And that is the mercy, after all, that he has given to us. The grace he has given to us with his death on the cross and then his victory over death. So, as he had mercy on us, we have mercy on others. I think that puts a good wrap on another show. It does not. uh, I still have some verses I want to read. Verses? I haven't talked enough yet. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, Picking up in the middle of verse 10, and it says this, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking All of it. I think you're grinding an axe on my head here. (laughs) For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery... And I haven't, I haven't. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm okay. But do commit murder... Oh, crap. I have hated people. You have become a lawbreaker. Oh, boy. Speak and act... As though you are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Gulp. Why did you want to keep reading? This is freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mm. Ah, but then here's the hope. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That is a comfort. Our God gives us mercy, 
And that's why we can then respond with mercy instead of partiality Mm -hmm. or... Favoritism. And as we're going to learn next week, James again picks up the concept of the rich and the poor, but in a little bit different way. Mm. Well, tune in next week and you'll find out. That's right. Until then, we love to hear from you. Comments of this show, next show, another show. The previous shows. You can write to us at info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone, N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E, dot net. Because we always remember, we We are are not not alone. alone. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits, Brent and Carrie Ford as skit players, Debbie Boone, Unconditional Love from the album Friends for Life, and our interlude musicians, Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord.